So in these days of restriction, how do we live more generously? As I wrote that, I felt a pause. And here's the slight detour. I felt that right now, whether it's sitting here or sitting at home, that actually you're switching off. So the thought of having to be generous, you've just switched off. Because you're feeling weary, battered, fearful, stuck in your homes, feeling a bit overwhelmed. And the thought of engaging with something physical or practical actually just feels too much, a bit of a chore. And so before I continue, I want to pray for you specifically. So can we just bow our heads? Father God, thank you for each uh, brother and sister watching, sitting here. And for anyone right now who is feeling overwhelmed, anxious, fearful, unable to engage with the thought of giving anything, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. And I pray for your peace to rest on each one. I ask for your beautiful, gentle, Holy Spirit to fill each person with your presence. Thank you that you see us, you know us, and you love us. Thank you that these holy habits are not designed to be chores or burdens, but rather gifts to us that bring us life and joy and hope and purpose, even in the midst of these uncertain times. So I ask you this morning, Father God, that you would breathe fresh life over each one present or watching who is struggling. And I ask you specifically to speak one thing today that will encourage, that will bring renewal and re a renewed life and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you Google generosity and joy, you will find lots on generosity. And Ali touched on this when he was talking about sharing. You'll realize that it affects the brain in a positive way. It helps to reduce stress. It helps to reduce anxiety. It creates stronger communities, building a happier society, and generally making us happier and healthier. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> I do. I need it. I needed it yesterday, didn't I, Andrew? Um, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, uh, Paul says, Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves generosity. He loves a cheerful giver. Mother Teresa said, The person who gives with a smile is the best giver because God loves a cheerful giver. And we all know if somebody gives you something with that face, you know, a bit begrudgingly, it's not quite the same, sure it's not. 
so do we give generously with a cheerful face? Generosity is life-giving, both for the recipient and the giver. The opposite of living generously is obviously greed, selfishness, being stingy, tight-fisted. Beefy touched on this when he shared about um, how they have been given so much and they want to share it with everybody. Holding things that we possess lightly. As everything that we possess, both our physical possessions and our relationships, um, are all gifts. None of this, none of them are ours. We don't own them. They are all gifts given to us from our Heavenly Father. In Timothy um, 6 verse 7 it says, Isn't it true that our hands were empty when we came into the world? And when we leave this world, our hands will be empty again. So we come with nothing and we leave with nothing. So Jesus tells us, do not store up for yourselves earthly possessions where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life is centered, will also be. And in these days and in these times, I believe more than ever that the Lord is reminding us that nothing physical can be or should be held on to. As his people, we are part of a different kingdom. So how can we live more generously with what we have been given in our hands in these days? I want to share three things very quickly. The first thing is our time. We all have exactly 24 hours a day. For some, these days are really full at the minute, and for others, they're quite empty. Um, but either way, how can we use our time to share generosity? Personally, I've been challenged to make time for phone calls. Uh, Paul touched on this briefly last week, um, but who here remembers the advert with Maureen Lippman? Do you remember it? It's good to talk. Unless you're Hewitt and a, talk, a phone call is only for giving messages, it's not for conversations. Um, but she used to come on and it was like the wee, and the wee Busby thing as well about it's good to talk. Um, and I remember when we were small in our house, you used to run and fight to answer the phone. Who remembers that as a kid? You used to run and go, hello, 562939, and um, you used to be the one who wanted to answer it. Um, but now, that's alien to our kids anyway. It also was the days when you had the phone on your table in the hall attached to the wall or at the bottom of the stairs. Um, and, uh, and I was thinking about this in that in those days, it, you wanted to talk on the phone, but now we have our mobiles which are attached to most of us 95% of the time. Um, but yet, how often do we actually talk to someone on our phones? This has been my challenge. How often do I connect voice to voice with someone? At times, I have accidentally hit call on my phone. Who's going to relate to this? And I've gone into a blind panic trying to stop it. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, what's that about? Why do you go into a panic when you're actually accidentally calling somebody? Would it be so bad to actually talk to that person? Just a thought. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I love texts. Texts are brilliant. You can keep in touch with people. 
you can make arrangements with people, you can check in. Sometimes people don't want to talk, is the truth, and a wee text is all somebody needs. Um, so it is good to text and keep in touch. But personally, I am sharing with you, I have been challenged to talk on the phone more often. And there are other ways we can be generous with our time. Um, even within the COVID rules, we can arrange a garden coffee, even in the winter. Nobody's going to die of cold. Put on your hats, your scarves. Grant and Gillian came to our gazebo, which was nearly blowing away yesterday, <laughs> with hats and, uh, hats and coats and blankets on. Um, we can arrange garden coffees. Uh, we can meet someone and go for a walk, catch up. Take time to write a wee card. During lockdown, I received three cards, one from Louise, one from Penn and Merv, and one from wee Sarah. And you know, it did my heart good because it came through the post and it was handwritten and it meant something to me because it was personal and that meant a lot. Could we take time to send a wee note to somebody? What about dropping a meal off to someone who needs support right now? In this season, what ways can we encourage each other to give and be generous with our time? It doesn't have to be huge amounts. Beefy shared how giving someone a listening ear is one of the greatest resources that we actually have. Am I or you always in a rush? Do you have time to sit and talk to somebody or to listen to somebody? I think there's an opportunity in this season to be creative in how we be generous. Um, and we can all do it, whether we're stuck in our own homes or whether we're out and about. We all have time. Number two, we can be generous with our thoughts towards others. Brenny Brown says, we practice generosity when we extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words and actions of others. Let me read that again. We practice generosity when we extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words and actions of others. I live with Andy Hewitt, as most of you know. Andrew lives this quote. He will always see the best in others. He will always take a positive viewpoint and draw out something good or say nothing. He lives this kind of generosity in a way, if I am totally honest, does my head in, because sometimes I just want a good rant, an offload of somebody who's annoyed me. But Andrew will always direct me back to seeing the best, to seeing the positive, um, and it's a gift. In these times of heightened anxiety, it's something I think we need to be extra careful of. Um, because it's so easy to misread things at the minute, isn't it? And it's so easy to misinterpret what people can say or things that people seem to do. Um, and we can become reactive um, and say negative things or become critical or judgmental because someone doesn't see things the way we do or respond to things we do, the way we do. Um, so I think we need to be so aware of how the enemy can jump in and feed us lies. Um, 
I am, also, I am guilty of having pretty high expectations of myself and one of the things that is negative about that is then I project them onto other people and then I get annoyed or disappointed when they don't meet my expectations. It's a, it's a process of learning for me which I am hopefully getting better at. Um, but it, it goes in line with this where I need to learn to be generous towards other people in interpreting what they say and do um, and have grace and love and think the best. Jesus lived this life. He was generous with his uh, thoughts towards other people. Just look at his response to the woman at the well, to Zacchaeus, to the ultimate uh, messer upper Peter and many more. Jesus always saw beyond what others saw and he always found the good. As God's prophetic people, as his bride, we are called to live that kind of life based on kingdom culture. When we watch some of the rubbish out there, and forgive me uh, if you love reality TV shows, but so many of them are all about uh, slagging people off, talking about people behind their backs, um, uh, causing hurt and humiliation to people. Um, but we are called to live in the opposite spirit, to mine for the gold, to live with generosity that our Father in Heaven has extended towards us. And I guarantee you that when we practice this kind of generosity towards others, we walk in peace because you're not carrying stuff, you're not carrying offence and all that stuff that can get in there. So we want to be a prophetic people who see the good and, and think the best of people around us. And finally, number three, we need to remember God's radical generosity towards us. John 3:16 in the Passion Version, it says, for this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. We simply need to go back to the cross. God's radical generosity does cost him his son. So as we can be in this life-giving, hope-releasing relationship with him. In the delirious worship song, Majesty, the lyrics say, Your grace has found me just as I am empty-handed, but alive in your hands. So are we alive in his hands today? How can God use my hands to be generous? How can God bring life through my hands and my heart? Am I open-handed or am I tight-fisted? Do I hold things lightly or do I hold them tightly? Where does my treasure lie? In earthly possessions or in heavenly values? And what resources have I been gifted with that I can share generously? Derek, would you like to come? In these days, God is renewing his church and his heart's desire is to revive his church and this land and so we're just going to spend a few minutes quietly and I suggest that you sit 
with your hands open, if you wish, if you wish, your hands open and your heads bowed. And just take some time now with the Holy Spirit and ask him, is there anything that I'm holding tightly that you want me to loosen my grip on? Is there a person that I'm holding tightly that I need to loosen my grip on? And ask the Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to do to operate in this gift of generosity? So just take a few minutes um, with the Lord yourself. Father, we thank you that you were generosity personified on the cross giving your life so as we can freely receive eternal life. May we be a people who live with thankfulness and joy from the overflow of your amazing grace and generosity towards us. Thank you that being sons and daughters of the kingdom of heaven is not complicated not complicated neither do we need huge bank balances to live generously but as your prophetic people may you stir us up to love generously to offer forgiveness generously to have generous hearts towards one another to honour one another and to believe the best of one another. Father, would you give us your eyes to see the gold in each person we meet. Thank you that you're a God of extravagant generosity. And may we be mindful of this in these days. Help us to find creative ways to practice the holy habit of generosity with our time, our intentions, and our hearts. So awaken and stir up your people, God. Renew us. Revive us. Give us your heart and your eyes in these days. In Jesus' name. Amen.